Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Wednesday, March 17th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, one month after a severe winter weather event, Mississippi prepares for its first wave of spring storms. Then, while Amazon workers attempting to unionize in Alabama attract national support, veteran labor organizers in the South say the workers face an expensive uphill battle. Plus, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, the Senate kills the Freedom Tax Act, but House leadership makes moves to keep the elimination of the income tax alive. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A wave of severe storms capable of extreme winds and hail is approaching the Magnolia State. The incoming weather also presents moderate to high risk of tornadoes in many parts of the state. North Mississippi has already experienced and continues to experience some strong storms. With more on what to expect uh, and how to prepare, we are joined by the National Weather Service in Jackson's Heather Stanley. Hi, Heather. Good morning. So, uh, first of all, North Mississippi kind of getting slammed right now. I know earlier today we had a tornado warning in North Bolivar County. We've had some uh, severe thunderstorm warnings. What can we expect for North Mississippi as that continues and then the rest of the state? Well, this morning, North Mississippi is probably going to see a little more of the same. We have a tornado watch out um, until about 1 o'clock, I believe, is the expiration time on that for that initial tornado watch that we have. And we're probably going to see other watches um, hoisted across the state as the day goes on. Uh, we're probably going to experience the weather in at least two rounds in central Mississippi. Uh, we have some showers and thunderstorms that will develop midday. Uh, they do have the potential for uh, becoming severe um, and the threats will include not only damaging winds and large hail, but also, of course, those uh, tornadoes that we were referring to earlier. And they have the potential to be strong and long-tracked. You said two rounds in central Mississippi? Yes, ma'am. That first round that might happen around midday. Uh, the second 
round will happen as a line of thunderstorms kind of approaches the Mississippi River Valley and then traverses the state later on this evening. I was looking at a map that had all of the southern states that will be affected, and they had different colors based on the extreme nature of the storms. And right in central Mississippi, a big white circle, and white was extreme. So it seems like this part of the state, central part of the state rather, will be getting the worst of it. Well, that is where the high risk is centered, yes. I want to ask, this morning I saw the National Weather Service, this is a quote, says a storm cell that develops this afternoon could quickly become a supercell capable of producing strong tornadoes. What is a supercell? A supercell is defined by uh, rotating mesocyclone. In other words, the thunderstorm higher up in the atmosphere is already rotating. Uh, that rotating updraft is the gives the thunderstorm its ability to be more sustained and produce severe weather. We've also heard the potential of uh, quarter size to golf ball size to baseball size, tennis ball size hail. What is the possibility or probability of that occurring and what kind of damage can that wreak? Once again, those those higher hail sizes actually uh, accompany the strength of the thunderstorms and those supercells. Once you have that rotating updraft, you can have hail that is uh, held up in the atmosphere a little bit longer, and that just means that it's allowed to grow. So the stronger the updraft in the thunderstorm in a supercell, the bigger the hail. Now, that hail can do damage to your car even at a smaller level. We can see um, damage to crops. Fortunately, it might be a little early for some of that. But we will see damage to foliage as well as to uh, cars, potentially buildings. And, of course, you don't want to be outside. It will damage you, too. Yeah, I, I, a baseball-sized piece of yep. hail coming down and hitting you in the head. Yeah, so good. Yeah, not good. Very good. <laughs> um, what about South Mississippi? I know coastal Mississippi is um, under a wind advisory from 10 until 10 today. Is that wind, or the, the constant wind, I should say, limited to that part of the state? Yeah, they're going to be experiencing some of that wind, some of that onshore flow. It's not going to quite get all the way up into um, uh, the Jackson warning area as much. We're probably going to see some of those winds associated with some of the showers and thunderstorms, but by the time we're seeing them, we might be seeing more impacts from the storms themselves. So there's a little bit of a difference in a mechanism of how we're going to be getting those winds. The forecast is calling for these storms, well, the the worst of it again, central Mississippi area this afternoon and this evening. Are there risks of storms and the potential for tornadoes overnight? Because, of course, it's always worse when people are sleeping and may not hear the warnings. Unfortunately, we are going to see some of the threat extend into the evening hours, so we will lose daylight and still have a threat for tornadoes. But we are expecting the majority of the thunderstorms to be exiting the state and moving over into Alabama close to that midnight hour. So, How long uh, or how does the rest of the week look? Sunny and beautiful? Much better. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and is this, this is typical now. Can we look forward to more of the same in terms of severe storms as we approach spring? Uh, whether or not it's to this magnitude, that remains to be seen. But, of course, the weather in Mississippi is always active as we go through the spring. So make sure you have a severe weather plan and you know what to do. Well, we hope certainly that uh, that everyone is safe and sound and that there's not too much damage after today. Heather Stanley is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Jackson. Heather, thank you so much.
You're welcome. Thank you very much. And just to let our listeners know, we will uh, break in at any time if we have tornado warnings. Uh, Any risk, we will break in. So keep listening to MPB Think Radio. Coming up, while Amazon workers attempt to unionize in Alabama and attract national support, veteran labor organizers in the South say the workers face an expensive uphill battle. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The push to unionize the Amazon facility in Bessemer, Alabama, has labor rights activists hoping they'll finally get a big win in the South. But previous efforts that drew national headlines did not lead to actual union victories. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom looked at past organizing in the region for clues to what might happen with the Amazon vote. Bessemer, Alabama is not your normal go-to spot for celebrity sighting, but the chance to get a union into Amazon's warehouse has attracted big-name politicians and movie stars. Actor Danny Glover recently stopped by Bessemer to rally workers. This moment is part of a continuous struggle in the making of this country, in the making of the South, in the remaking of the South. But four years ago, Canton, Mississippi was the place to be. Workers at the Nissan assembly plant were campaigning to join the United Auto Workers Union to improve work conditions, like at Amazon. Glover visited Canton back then, too. When we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. It just felt like, you know, hey, the world was on your side and you were doing the right thing. Morris Mock is a Nissan technician at the Canton plant who helped organize the campaign. He says the global support helped, but what happened inside the plant mattered more. Like at Amazon, Nissan held frequent mandatory meetings encouraging workers to vote against the union. Mock says it was tough to compete against the constant anti-union messaging. They're able to change the narrative in every meeting, and they can talk to every worker in a split second. Pro-union workers also say the plant and the vote was divided by race. Black workers usually held the most labor-intensive jobs with the biggest safety concerns. Travis Parks, who is white, is a production technician at Nissan. I remember one time we, I walked by where they're having their all-managers meeting out on the shop floor, and I asked one of the, the uh, African-American lady next to me, I said, you see something wrong with that? And she said, no. I said, where's the black people at? Black workers were also more likely to be considered temp workers, preventing them from voting. All this meant that despite all the support, the odds were against unionizing. In the deep south, it's still hard to organize. The 3,500 Nissan workers who cast ballots ultimately voted nearly two to one against joining the United Auto Workers Union. Looking at the Canton vote, you might think unionizing in the region is impossible, but it can and does happen. While unions are less popular in the South, membership has actually been slowly ticking up in Mississippi and Louisiana over the past decade. It's just happening at smaller workplaces, usually ones with fewer than 100 workers. 
Wade Ratke is a union organizer based in New Orleans. He says campaigning now costs as much as $2,000 per worker, way too much for most unions to go after big job sites like an Amazon warehouse. You got phones, you got computers, you got the interweb, all the swag, you got t-shirts, you got jackets, you got buttons, you got a leaflet programs. Oh my God, when does it end? Right-to-work laws in the South make it so employees don't have to join a union or pay its dues, even if they're represented by one. That leaves unions with fewer dollars to wage those campaigns. All this suggests that actually unionizing Amazon's Alabama warehouse is a long shot. But Rathke says there have been a couple of shifts recently in favor of unions, like the pandemic. Jobs that used to be labeled as low-skilled are now called essential. Rathke says that change has been helpful for recruitment. Absolutely. We jumped on this pandemic like a dog on a bone. Organizers also point to a political shift, like President Joe Biden speaking out against anti-union tactics via a Twitter video. The choice to join a union is up to the workers. Full stop. Full stop. Morris Mock says movements like Black Lives Matter also give unions a better shot than they had during the failed Nissan campaign four years ago. This is the era of movement and change, and people are, are boldly coming out of their shells now. And I think that's that's the difference now. We'll find out at the end of the month. The Amazon workers in Bessemer have until March 29th to vote on the union. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. This story was produced as part of a regional collaboration of public media stations in Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, the Senate kills the Freedom Tax Act, but health, uh, House leadership makes moves to keep the elimination of the income tax alive. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and you're listening to a Southern Remedy Health Minute. like to know, does it make any difference what order you eat your food in? Like when you eat a meal and you eat your dessert first and your vegetables last, does that make a difference? If you're trying to lose weight, then it's usually more beneficial to eat things that have more fiber in them earlier in the meal, right? So more like your, your fruits and veggies and those kinds of things. Because they take up more room in your belly for not as many calories, right? So the way we kind of know we're full is by the stretch of our stomach. So the more volume we put in our stomach, the the more stretch and it says, hey, we're full. So things like desserts and meats and cheeses and oils and butters and those kinds of things usually have a lot more calories per bite than say a fruit or a vegetable or even a a grain or a bean or something like that. And so when we eat 
those first, we usually overeat them or eat bigger portions of them um, and take in a lot more calories than we intended. So for folks who are wanting to lose weight, focusing on the fiber-rich foods, the fruits, veggies, grains, and beans first allows our belly to kind of start to, to fill up um, before we start to put really calorie-dense things in our body um, and, and overeat them that way. Um, so one of the things that I recommend with, with folks that I'm working with is maybe having an apple or some veggies and hummus or something like that 30 minutes or so before the mealtime so that the belly's kind of already stretched a little bit before we start eating there. For more health tips and medical info, tune in every weekday at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Legislators in the Mississippi House and Senate are wrangling over a bill to phase out the state income tax over 10 years. Yesterday, the Senate let the original Mississippi Tax Freedom Act, championed by House Speaker Philip Gunn, die in committee. Following the vote, Gunn expressed his disappointment, but again took up the mantle of the bill's principal objective, eliminating the personal income tax. Well, I, th- I think we all have to start with the, the premise that the elimination of income tax is a good thing for the people of the state of Mississippi. I can't imagine anybody would argue with that premise. Putting more money back into the pockets of our citizens, more disposable income, that they can then go and feed their families and support themselves, is a good thing. So we need to be looking for ways to make that happen, not trying to throw up roadblocks to prevent that from happening. I'm disappointed today that the Senate chose not to take up the bill. I clearly wanted to continue the discussions, clearly wanted to continue finding ways to address whatever concerns or objections that might have existed. Um, And so we're going to – this is the number one issue for the House. We made this a House position uh, a month ago when we voted on it. It was a strong vote, and we're going to continue to fight the fight and find ways to try to make it happen. The Mississippi Tax Freedom Act was presented by House leadership with gusto, despite being introduced somewhat surprisingly and without substantial review from outside analysts. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Josh Harkins said the Senate was not comfortable moving the plan forward without further meaningful scrutiny. We are not in a position right now to move forward with the bill. Uh, There are a lot of factors that we need to to study. This bill came out uh, a few weeks ago and uh, in, in the process of trying to uh, explore the bill and also seek some, some information from the experts, from the state economists, from others. Um, we just received a report last week, and we're trying to go through that. And it's just, you know, this late stage of the session, there's not enough information for us to really feel comfortable putting forward a proposal together uh, that the Senate feels comfortable and can get behind. So, uh, but we do, I do appreciate the, the, the bill and I appreciate the intent of the bill and, and I believe that we are all uh, want to have the same desired result. We, you know, ultimately what my goal and what I think what a lot of people's goal is, is we want to make sure that Mississippi is postured to be uh, the most competitive, the most uh, prosperous, 
but also responsible in, in what we do. We want to make sure that whatever we put forward, it is a working solution, and it's not going to be something that we're going to be back visiting and, and making changes to because we didn't think about something. And, and given the short period of time we've had to work on it, it's just really not possible for us to feel comfortable putting something out there. This is a transformative piece of legislation that is going to change the fiscal policy of this state. I know there's been study groups under Governor Barber, Governor Bryant, that have looked at this that weren't able to make changes. So this is not something that uh, that, that I feel uh, should not be vetted thoroughly. And we want to make sure that we, we cut out any of the unintended consequences, make sure there aren't any pitfalls that we're not thinking about. And uh, so we're going to uh, you know commit to studying this in the, over the summer and have a study committee have hearings and have some people, experts come in that can model the, the proposals that we want to come up with and tell us what the impact is to our economy. It's not just a matter of moving the income tax down and the sales tax up. It's what other implications does that cause uh, in other parts of state government. Harkins also explains any substantive tax reform passed by legislators should be the right fit for Mississippi, saying the state can't simply mimic what others in the region are doing. I think as an individual, if you're going to buy a house, you're going to look and see what's my insurance going to be, what are my taxes going to be. There are other factors that go just beyond what's my mortgage. Uh, so I think it's important that we take all these considerations uh, in mind when we when we try to devise a policy moving forward for our state. We're going to uh, introduce a resolution calling for a study committee with members from the House and the Senate, including our uh, Commissioner of Revenue and our state economist. Uh, so obviously there will be experts that will be that'll come in uh, to testify and to offer guidance and, and uh, information and, and data on on the different things that we're looking at and so but it's not just our our sales tax our income tax it's our use tax it's tax exemptions it's tax diversions that are out there I mean there are a lot of tax diversions I guarantee people don't know all the tax diversions that go on up here uh, I don't and and so that's what I want to know I want to find out where is all the money that goes to the state going and how is that best uh, utilized in a in a policy that changes our income tax, that lowers it for everybody, but at the same time still makes us competitive. There's no sense in, in doing something that's going to not make us competitive with our neighboring states because then that's the argument is, well, our neighboring states do it, so let's do it. Well, we got to see what fits Mississippi. I think we need to, we all need to look in the collective mirror and understand we're not Texas, we're not Florida, we're not Louisiana, we're not Tennessee, you know, we're not Alabama, we're Mississippi, and what works for us may not work for another state, or what works for another state may not work for us. Speaker Gunn says the dispute over the tax plan isn't over and welcomes questions and objections. He also claims the math indicates Mississippians benefit from a phased out income tax. I've tried to find, you know, address any objections that have been raised. I think we've got answers to any objections that have been raised. Uh, there's a lot of fear mongering that's going on out there, but I challenge everybody who wants to throw an objection to just do the math. The numbers don't lie. Do the math, and I think in every instance you'll see that Mississippians benefit. Later yesterday, House lawmakers kept the elements of the plan alive by putting it into another measure. In the new legislation, the grocery tax cut and sales tax increase remain, but the new sales tax would no longer apply to loggers, farmers, or manufacturers. House lawmakers also lowered the income tax level that would trigger eliminating the state income tax. The bill now returns to the Senate for further review. Now, before we leave you, I do want to reiterate some of our weather today. Currently, there is a, a, a tornado watch in effect 
for 27 counties in North Mississippi. When we spoke to meteorologist Heather Stanley a little bit earlier this morning in the show, she said we can expect more watches to pop up as the day progresses, that most storms or the most severe of the storms will start arriving this afternoon and continue into the evening. Most impacted will likely be central Mississippi, a big wide circle of central Mississippi. We're talking about the possibility of tornadoes, strong tornadoes, large hail, softball size hail, not out of the question, heavy rainfall and strong winds as well. So prepare as you see fit and listen to MPB Think Radio. We will update you as warranted. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.